Section 21 of The Ego and His Own. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Golf French. The Ego and His Own by Max Stirner. Section 21, My Power, Part 1. Right. Note, this word has also, in German, the meaning of common law, and will sometimes be translated law in the following paragraphs. End note. Is the spirit of society. If society has a will, this will is simply right. Society exists only through right. But as it endures only exercising a sovereignty over individuals, right is its sovereign will. Aristotle says justice is the advantage of society. All existing right is foreign law. Someone makes me out to be in the right, does right by me. But should I therefore be in the right if all the world made me out so? And yet what else is the right that I obtain in the state, in society, but a right of those foreign to me? When a blockhead makes me out in the right, I grow distrustful of my rightness. I don't like to receive it from him. But even when a wise man makes me out in the right, I nevertheless am not in the right on that account. Whether I am in the right is completely independent of the fool's making out and of the wise man's. All the same, we have coveted this right till now. We seek for right and turn to the court for that purpose. To what? To a royal, a papal, a popular court, etc. Can a sultanic court declare another right than that which the sultan has ordained to be right? Can it make me out in the right if I seek for a right that does not agree with the sultan's law? Can it, e.g., concede to me high treason as a right, since it is assuredly not a right according to the sultan's mind? Can it, as a court of censorship, allow me the free utterance of opinion as a right? since the sultan will hear nothing of this my right. What am I seeking for in this court, then? I am seeking for sultanic right, not my right. I am seeking for foreign right. As long as this foreign right harmonizes with mine, to be sure, I shall find in it the latter, too. The state does not permit pitching into each other man to man. It opposes the duel. Even every ordinary appeal to blows, notwithstanding that neither of the fighters calls the police to it, is punished, except when it is not an eye whacking away at a you, but, say, the head of a family at the child. The family is entitled to this, and in its name the father, I as ego am not. The Vosischka Zeitung presents to us the commonwealth of right. There everything is to be decided by the judge and a court, it ranks the Supreme Court of Censorship as a court where right is declared. What sort of right? The right of the censorship. To recognise the sentences of that court as right, one must regard the censorship as right. But it is thought, nevertheless, that this court offers a protection. Yes, protection against an individual censor's error. It protects only the censorship legislator against false interpretation of his will at the same time making his statute by the sacred power of right all the firmer against writers. Whether I am in the right or not, there is no judge but myself. 
Others can judge only whether they endorse my right, and whether it exists as right for them too. In the meantime, let us take the manner yet another way. I am to reverence sultanic law in the sultanate, popular law in the republics, canon law in Catholic communities. To these laws I am to subordinate myself. I am to regard them as sacred, a sense of right and law-abiding mind of such a sort is so firmly planted in people's heads that the most revolutionary persons of our days want to subject us to a new sacred law the law of society the law of mankind the right of all and the like the right of all is to go before my right as a right of all it would indeed be my right among the rest since i with the rest am included in all but that it is at the same time a right of others or even of all others does not move me to its upholding not as a right of all will i defend it but as my right and then every other may see to it how he shall likewise maintain it for himself the right of all e g to eat is a right of every individual let each keep this right unabridged for himself and all exercise it spontaneously let him not take care for all though let him not grow zealous for it as for a right of all. But the social reformers preach to us a law of society. There the individual becomes society's slave, and is in the right only when society makes him out in the right, i.e. when he lives according to society's statutes and so is loyal. Whether I am loyal under a despotism or in a society a la rightling, it is the same absence of right in so far as in both cases i have not my right but foreign right in consideration of right the question is always asked what or who gives me the right to it answer god love reason nature humanity etc no only your might your power gives you the right your reason e g may give it to you Communism, which assumes that men have equal rights by nature, contradicts its own proposition till it comes to this, that men have no rights at all by nature, for it is not willing to recognise, e.g., that parents have by nature rights as against their children, or the children as against their parents. It abolishes the family. Nature gives parents, brothers, etc. no right at all. Altogether, this entire revolutionary or Babuvist principle note see the communisten in the schweiz committee report page three rests on a religious i e false view of things who can ask after right if he does not occupy the religious standpoint himself is not right a religious concept i e something sacred why equality of rights as the revolution propounded it is only another name for christian equality the equality of the brethren of god's children of christians in short fraternite each and every inquiry after right deserves to be lashed with schiller's words many a year i've used my nose to smell the onion and the rose is there any proof which shows that i have a right to that same nose when the revolution stamped equality as a right it took flight into the religious domain into the region of the sacred of the ideal hence since then 
the fight for the sacred inalienable rights of man against the eternal rights of man the well-earned rights of the established order are quite naturally and with equal right brought to bear right against right where of course one is decried by the other as wrong this has been the contest of rights note rex strite a word which usually means lawsuit since the revolution you want to be in the right as against the rest that you cannot as against them you remain forever in the wrong for they surely would not be your opponents if they were not in their right too they will always make you out in the wrong but as against the right of the rest yours is a higher greater more powerful right is it not no such thing your right is not more powerful if you are not more powerful have chinese subjects a right to freedom just bestow it on them and then look how far you have gone wrong in your attempt because they do not know how to use freedom they have no right to it or in clearer terms because they have not freedom they have not the right to it children have no right to the condition of majority because they are not of age i e because they are children people that let themselves be kept in nonage have no rights to the condition of majority if they ceased to be in nonage then only would they have the right to be of age this means nothing else than what you have the power to be you have the right to i derive all right and all warrant from me i am entitled to everything that i have in my power i am entitled to overthrow zeus jehovah god etc if i can if i cannot then these gods will always remain in the right and in power as against me and what i do will be to fear their right and their power in impotent god-fearingness to keep their commandments and believe that i do right in everything that i do according to their right about as the russian boundary sentinels think themselves rightfully entitled to shoot dead the suspicious persons who are escaping since they murder by superior authority i e with right but i am entitled by myself to murder if i myself do not forbid it to myself if i myself do not fear murder as a wrong this view of things lies at the foundation of camisso's poem the valley of murder where the grey-haired indian murderer compels reverence from the white man whose brethren he has murdered the only thing i am not entitled to is what i do not do with a free cheer i e what i do not entitle myself to i decide what is the right thing in me there is no right outside me if it is right for me note a common german phrase for it suits me End note. it is right possibly this may not suffice to make it right for the rest i e their care not mine let them defend themselves and if for the whole world something were not right but it were right for me i e i wanted it then i would ask nothing about the whole world so every one does who knows how to value himself every one in the degree that he is an egoist for might goes before right and that with perfect right because i am by nature 
a man, I have an equal right to the enjoyment of all goods, says Babioff. Must he not also say, because I am by nature a first-born prince, I have a right to the throne? The rights of man and the well-earned rights come to the same thing in the end, i.e. to nature, which gives me a right, i.e. to birth, and further inheritance, etc. I am born as a man is equal to, I am born as a king's son. The natural man has only a natural right, because he has only a natural power and natural claims. He has right of birth and claims of birth, but nature cannot entitle me, i.e. give me capacity or might, to that to which only my act entitles me. That the king's child sets himself above other children, even this is his act, which secures to him the precedence, and that the other children approve and recognise this act is their act, which makes them worthy to be subjects. Whether nature gives me a right, or whether God, the people's choice, etc., does so, all of, i.e., the same foreign right, a right that I do not give or take to myself. Thus the communists say, equal labour entitles man to equal enjoyment. Formerly, the question was raised whether the virtuous man must not be happy on earth, the Jews actually drew this inference, that it may go well with thee on earth. No, equal labour does not entitle you to it, but equal enjoyment alone entitles you to equal enjoyment. Enjoy, then you are entitled to enjoyment. But if you have laboured and let the enjoyment be taken from you, then it serves you right. If you take the enjoyment, it is your right. If, on the contrary, you only pine for it without laying hands on it, it remains, as before, a well-earned right. Of those who are privileged for enjoyment, it is their right, as by laying hands on it would become your right. The conflict over the right of property wavers in vehement commotion. The communists affirm, note, A. Becker, Volksphilosophie, page 22f, end note, that the earth belongs rightfully to him who tills it, and its products to those who bring them out. I think it belongs to him who knows how to take it, or who does not let it be taken from him, does not let himself be deprived of it. If he appropriates it, then not only the earth, but the right to it too belongs to him. This is egoistic right, i.e. it is right for me, therefore it is right. Aside from this, right does have a wax nose. The tiger that assails me is in the right, and I who strike him down am also in the right. I defend against him not my right, but myself. As human right is always something given, it always, in reality, reduces to the right which men give, i.e. concede to each other. If the right to existence is conceded to newborn children, then they have the right. If it is not conceded to them, as was the case among the Spartans and ancient Romans, then they do not have it, for only society can give or concede it to them. They themselves cannot take it or give it to themselves. It will be objected the children had nevertheless by nature the right to exist. Only the Spartans refused recognition to this right but then they simply had no right to this recognition, no more than they had 
to recognition of their life by the wild beasts to which they were thrown. People talk so much about birthright and complain. There is, alas, no mention of the rights that were born with us. Note, Mephistopheles in Faust. End note. What sort of right, then, is there that was born with me? The right to receive an entailed estate, to inherit a throne, to enjoy a princely or noble education, or, again, because poor parents begot me, to get free schooling, be clothed out of contributions of arms, and at last earn my bread and my herring in the coal mines or at the loom. Are these not birthrights, rights that have come down to me from my parents through birth? You think no. You think these are only rights improperly so called. It is just these rights that you aim to abolish through the real birthright. To give a basis for this, you go back to the simplest thing and affirm that every one is by birth equal to another, to wit, a man. I will grant you that every one is born a man, hence the newborn are therein equal to each other. Why are they? Only because they do not yet show and exert themselves as anything but bare, children of men, naked little human beings, but thereby they are at once different from those who have already made something out of themselves, who thus are no longer bare children of man, but children of their own creation. The latter possesses more than bare birthrights. They have earned rights. What an antithesis! What a field of combat! The old combat of the birthrights of man, and well-earned rights. Go right on appealing to your birthrights. People will not fail to oppose to you the well-earned. Both stand on the ground of right, for each of the two has a right against the other, the one the birthright of natural right, the other the earned or well-earned right. If you remain on the ground of right, you remain in rectaburi. Note, I beg you, spare my lungs, he who insists on proving himself right, if he but has one of those things called tongues, can hold his own in all the world's despite. Faust's words to Mephistopheles, slightly misquoted. For right haberai, see note on page 185, end note. The other cannot give you your right. He cannot mete out right to you. He who has might has right. If you have not the former, neither have you the latter. Is this wisdom so hard to attain? Just look at the mighty and their doings. We are talking here only of China and Japan, of course. Just try at once, you Chinese and Japanese, to make them out in the wrong, and learn by experience how they throw you into jail. Only do not confuse with this the well-meaning counsels, which in China and Japan are permitted, because they do not hinder the mighty one, but possibly help him on. For him who should want to make them out in the wrong, there would stand open only one way thereto, that of might. If he deprives them of their might, then he has really made them out in the wrong. Deprive them of their right in any other case. He can do nothing but clench his little fist in his pocket, or fall a victim as an obtrusive fool. In short, few Chinese or Japanese did not ask after right, and in particular if you did not ask after the right that were born with you, 
then you would not need to ask at all after the well-earned rights either. You start back in fright before others, because you think you see beside them the ghosts of right, which, as in the Homeric combat, seems to fight as a goddess at their side, helping them. What do you do? Do you throw the spear? No, you creep around to gain the spook over to yourselves, that it may fight on your side. You woo for the ghost's favour. Another would simply ask thus, Do I will what my opponent wills? No! Now then, there may fight for him a thousand devils or gods. I go at him all the same. The Commonwealth of Right, as the Vosishka Zeitung, among others, stands for it, asks that office holders be removable only by the judge, not by the administration. Vain illusion, if it were settled by law that an office holder who is once seen drunken shall lose his office, then the judges would have to condemn him on the word of the witnesses. In short, the lawgiver would only have to state precisely all the possible grounds which entail the loss of office, however laughable they might be, e.g. he who laughs in his superior's faces, who does not go to church every Sunday, who does not take the communion every four weeks, who runs in debt, who has disreputable associates, who shows no determination, etc., shall be removed. These things the lawgiver might take it into his head to prescribe, e.g. for a court of honour. Then the judge would solely have to investigate whether the accused had become guilty of those offences, and, on presentation of the proof, pronounce sentence of removal against him. In the name of the law, the judge is lost when he ceases to be mechanical. When he is forsaken by the rules of evidence, then he no longer has anything but an opinion like everybody else, and if he decides according to his opinion, his action is no longer an official action. As judge, he must decide only according to the law. Commend me rather to the old French Parliament, which wanted to examine for themselves what was to be matters of right, and to register it only after their own approval. They at least judge according to a right of their own, and were not willing to give themselves up to, to be machines of the lawgiver, although as judges they must, to be sure, become their own machines. It is said that punishment is the criminal's right, but impunity is just as much his right. If his undertaking proceeds, it serves him right, and if it does not succeed, it likewise serves him right. You make your bed and lie in it. If someone goes foolhardily into dangers and perishes in them, we are apt to say it serves him right. He would have it so. But if he conquered the dangers, i.e. if his might was victorious, then he would be in the right too. If a child plays with the knife and gets cut, it is served right. But if it doesn't get cut, it is served right too. Hence right befalls the criminal, doubtless, when he suffers what he risked. Why, what did he risk it for? since he knew the possible consequences, but the punishment that we decree against him is only our right, not his. Our right reacts against his, and he is in the wrong at last, because we get the upper hand. End of section 21
Recording by Morgan Gold French, Leeds.